God's so good. He's so good. Is he good at your house? Is he good in your life? You feel his hand on you? You ought to lift your hands right now and just thank him for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. I love you for loving me, Lord Jesus. I couldn't say I did it first. I'd have to say you love me first, God. I thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. We'll begin there. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Would you read this next verse with me? Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Jesus, when his disciples appealed to him to teach them to pray as John taught his disciples, he gave them the pattern which he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. After that pattern, he taught us to seek after his will. His will in these times. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I have news articles here that I want to share just a moment. Said angry parents are angry because a teacher holds a gender reveal event in kindergarten. Parents of kindergartners in California charter school are upset after they found out the school held a gender reveal without their prior knowledge. It is said that this teacher took kindergarten kids and was teaching them that they are not necessarily a boy or a girl, but they could choose to be whatever. Children went home crying and shaking because girls were afraid they were going to turn into a boy. It's an evil day. California is looking into making it a crime to address transgenders by the wrong pronoun. It is confusing. What is it? It's said that the bill passed the Senate, not surprising in California, by a 26 to 12 vote, said the law is currently limited to the effects of nursing homes and immediate care facilities. But if it passed, those who willfully and repeatedly refuse to use a transgender's resident's preferred name or pronouns could be slapped with a $1,000 fine and up to one year in prison. Also, this past week, I believe it was, or week before last, a judge in Wisconsin struck down the court 
the ruling that allows churches to give a parsonage allowance to pastors. Their goal is not just to strike down the housing allowance for pastors, but to tax churches. They said there is a $1 billion worth of new taxes if they will tax churches. Franklin Graham said in wake of the tragic shooting in Las Vegas that left 59 dead and 500 wounded, there is a rising tide of wickedness sweeping the United States, and he urged Americans to check their own evil that's brewing in their own hearts. Good news and bad news. There was an enrollment in a rainbow day camp, a camp for transgender children and gender-fluid children from ages 4 to 12 in San Francisco. The attendance has tripled to about 60 this year. The camp in California is the only one in the world of its kind available to preschoolers. Each day, the campers can make a name tag with the pronoun of their choice. They can choose she or he or a combination of both. Churches and other faith groups are that collect billions of dollars in donations each year, but not all of them end up in the places they're supposed to. I'm thankful that we're in that number that is the lowest number of thievery among pastors. You, you, it's an evil world. Places where people think that their money is the safest is not always the case. Just heard of a pastor recently that that had to is is living very carefully with church money because of the previous ministration didn't live so carefully with it. It's an evil day. But the good news Prominent cabinet members participate in a weekly Bible study at the White House. Ralph Dolinger of Capital Ministries told CBN News that these godly individuals that God has risen to the position of prominence in our culture, they are the hand-picked men that Donald Trump, President Donald Trump and Vice President Mike Pence have chosen, he said, I don't think Donald Trump had figured out yet that he has chained himself to the Apostle Paul. <laughs> Speaking of Vice President Mike Pence. Dolinger, or Drolinger, whatever, however you pronounce that, is a former NBA player giant of a man, but he has an even bigger, bigger calling. He founded Capital Ministries with the idea that you could change the hearts of lawmakers. Then their Christian worldview would guide them to make good policies. He started Bible studies in 40 state capitals, a number of foreign capitals. He teaches weekly studies at the U.S. House and Senate and now leads about a dozen members of President Trump's cabinet 
in weekly studies of the Scripture. Health Secretary Tom Price, Energy Secretary Rick Perry, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, Agricultural Secretary Sonny Perdue, CIA Director Mike Pompeo, are just a few of the regulars. It's the best Bible study that I've ever taught in my life. He said they are so teachable, they are so noble, they are so learned. I thank God for that kind of report. In the midst of an evil day, somebody said, I'm not going to let evil win. I'm going to do something about it. In Pence, Jolinger sees many similarities to the biblical figures like Joseph, Mordecai, and Daniel. He said all those men rose to the number two position in governments at different times in history. Mike Pence has respect for the office, Jolinger told CBN News. He has an uncompromising biblical tenacity and has a loving tone about him that's not just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And then fourthly, he brings real value to the head of the nation. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. The good news and the bad news. I want to share with you something I read in a book I recently downloaded by Jonathan Kahn, entitled The Book of the Mysteries. It's a daily devotional written by him. This is the man that brought the harbinger to us. And uh, this is entitled One Eternia. I think I have that title there, Brother Ron. You can pronounce it probably better than I. The days of one eternieth, which is more valuable, asked the teacher. Now, the context of this whole book is, is set up in this way. A student goes to a school in the desert, and he sits as a pupil under the teacher. Jonathan Kahn, I believe I understand, is a Jew, well-versed in all of its biblical uh, attachment to the Word of God, has a tremendous insight and obviously is a believer. And from that perspective, he, he writes as the student sitting beneath the teacher. And the teacher asks, which is more valuable, that which is common or that which is rare? He said, that which is rare. He said, which is more valuable, that which is rare or that which is extremely rare? And he said, that which is extremely rare. He said, how valuable is this life? How valuable is your time on earth? I don't know, replied the student. Is it rare or is it common? The teacher asked. I would say it's common as it's what everybody has. And it's made up of countless moments every day and every year. 
so then it wouldn't be especially valuable, he said. Now, let's say your time on earth is 100 years. But time goes on for a thousand years. Your time on earth becomes rare, one-tenth of time. And what happens after a million years have gone? How long was your time on earth? It's one ten thousandth. One ten thousandth of time. One in ten thousand. That makes it very rare. Now, what happens when we consider eternity? What happens to your time on earth in light of eternity? It becomes once in eternity. So your life on earth becomes one eternity. He said, how rare is that? The student replied, very. Infinitely rare, said the teacher. So how valuable is your time on earth? Of infinite value, that's correct, said the teacher. Your days on earth come around only once in an eternity. Only once. Every moment you have comes around only once in an eternity and never again. Every moment is a once in eternity moment. A one eternity moment. Therefore, every moment is of infinite value, infinitely priceless. Then how must you live appreciating every moment? Therefore, make the most of every moment, for it will never come again. Whatever good you would do, do it now. Treat every moment as if it was infinitely rare and of infinite value, because it is. For every moment, and your life itself comes around only once in an eternity. The mission then is, whatever good you would do, do it now. Treat this day as if it comes around only once in eternity, because it does. The psalmist said in Psalms 90, beginning at verse 9, For all the days of our life are passed in thy wrath. We spend our lives as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years. Yet is there strength and honor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Then from Romans chapter 13, verse number 11, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, 
For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Redeeming the time. We know what time it is. It's an evil time. It's a time when if anybody should be aware of the time, it's you and I. But what happens is the world out there is waking up to the time. And they fearfully approach you and I because they're not sure we are aware of what time it is. And they're not sure if what they're doing would interrupt something that we don't want to be interrupted. They're not sure if them coming and asking for some of our time would be a safe thing for them because they know what time it is. They see the hour. They know it's late. But if we're not careful, we are of a Laodicean spirit where we're enjoying our riches and we're enjoying our fullness and we're enjoying the fatness of all that God has blessed us with. If we're not careful, our blessings become our curses and our fatness becomes our leanness, our leanness of soul because we don't perceive the value of the moment. What is that value for? What is that moment for? As Brother Benoit stood there in front of Roy the other night, and he said, the restaurant's not about the money. It's about who walks through the door and what do they feel when they sit in that place. I have to believe they come. The food's good. That's the best. But I have to believe they leave casinos that boast of their Food, I wouldn't have a clue. I don't ever intend on finding out. But they leave there and they come to a place where they can't smoke and they can't drink. I think they come because of the atmosphere. I believe it ought to be that way in every one of our lives. People want to come to where we are and be involved in what we're doing because they like what they feel when they get there. And there, there's something different about being in your presence. Let's never forget we're just coming by one time. We just have one opportunity to affect their lives. We won't have another life. We won't live again in this life to influence one more person. But we have this life. Mordecai looked at Esther and said, Who knoweth but what you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this? You're elevated. You're blessed. Look where you are. Look what you have. You've got servants and you've got the finest of clothes and you're right there. You have the king's favor about you. But don't get lost in all of that. Don't get consumed by all of that. You've got a higher purpose in life. And this is that moment in your life. As a child of God, 
think again. It's more than the house. It's more than the car. It's more than the clothes and the grandkids. It's more than all of that. There's a life to touch. There's a soul to save. There's somebody that needs your once in eternity life. Your once in eternity visitation from God. The Apostle Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's this house of clay. It's, it's all we've got. But that's not all we have. Because in this house of clay, God has deposited the greatest treasure on earth. And so in our once in a lifetime experience, in our one time passing through eternity, God said, let me add to what you have and let you make a difference in the world that I place you in. Mike Pence could be caught up with just being the vice president, but he has a higher agenda. He's going to let his Christianity live out what God called him to be. I think he recognizes that he could be a Mordecai. He could be a Joseph. He could be an Esther. He could be a Daniel in this moment of time. I'm thankful that God has raised up people like this. You say, but they don't have everything. We don't know all they have. We know that there are people that are Holy Ghost filled that are serving in this administration. We know there are people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ serving in this generation. We know that in the United Nations, we have a witness now. Weekly church services there. People getting the Holy Ghost. Bible studies going on. We have our own church service in the United Nations. This is our hour, church. Don't get consumed with your life, all of all that, that carnality that's there and, and all of the enjoyment of it and miss our once in eternity privilege and responsibility. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we then as workers together with him beseech you that you receive the grace of God not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in an accepted time. In the day of salvation I have secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. How do we redeem the time? Redeeming the time because the days or evil. We know it's an evil day. We see it's an evil day. But will we just sit around and let evil come to us? Or will we shine the light? Will we step forward? Will we be the good in the midst of the bad? Will we be the light in the midst of the darkness? Let it get dark. It just only makes us look better. <laughs> Let the world get wicked, and it shall, the Scripture said. But when sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. We're on the winning side. We've got the right formula. We've got what it takes, church. We're here. We're here now. And God has strategically placed us in this generation. We weren't born in another generation. Now is our time. This is our generation. Only one life. It will soon be passed. 
Only what's done for Christ will last. Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life. Yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done, and then in that day my Lord to meet and stand before His judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life of a few brief years, each with his burden, hopes, and fears, each with his clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep, a joy or sorrow thy word, in joy or sorrow thy word to keep. Faithful and true, whate'er the strife, pleasing Thee in my daily life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for Thee and Thee alone, bringing Thee pleasure on Thy throne. For only one life will soon be passed. Only What's done for Christ will last. Only one life. Yes, only one. Let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, "Twas worth it all. For only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I'm dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has burned out for thee. I shall not pass this way again. Let's stand together. So what will we do? What will I do? What will I do with this one life? With this one eternity, this one moment that God has granted me to live and you to live. Will I live it for self or will I live it for Christ? Will I consume it upon myself thinking I deserve it or will I count what price he paid? And purchase me with. And realize I'm not my own, but I belong to the Master.
And whatever I could be in this life, I must be for Jesus. I must be for Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the privilege, oh God. The privilege, Lord, to be given this life, oh God, to live for you, to serve you, to walk with you, to be a light in a world of darkness, God. I pray for us, God, not to be rocked to sleep by Satan, not to be consumed by our own selfish desires, but, oh, God, to give ourselves to you. Be cognizant of every moment that we are in a world of darkness to shine the light of truth, to shine the light of truth, to shine the light of truth, God. So, Jesus, use me. Dear Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I could do. Even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I'll work for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Take the word of God with you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.